everyone. This is Jeffrey Kerr. Welcome to part three of my reflections on 2019. On this episode, we'll be taking a look at what's to come in 2020. Before I let you all know about what my plans are for the new year, let's take another look back at some of the interviews I've conducted where I've asked my guests about what they have coming up. First up is actress Erin Sullivan. I interviewed her back in August when she was getting ready to do her one-woman show at Temple Theatre titled With Love, Marilyn. After having spent many years in New York, she moved back home to Raleigh, North Carolina last year. And so now that you've relocated back to North Carolina, I guess what are your plans for the future? Yeah, that's, uh, I'm just trying, I, I only got here in October, so a little under a year now, and, and kind of starting fresh, which has been terrifying. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, stupid me I fell in love and he's a teacher so I'm trying to have a little bit of you know of a, a normal life which is um after being in New York for 18 years is actually really really nice like I have a I have a little backyard and I have a car and I can drive to Target and put things in a trunk like you know things that like people who never lived in New York do not appreciate or understand but um I'm just I'm slowly trying to get acclimated into the theater scene here um the arts here is, uh, is I've always you know, even Wilmington, it's really artistically cultural and lots going on in this area, which is another reason I, um, we wanted to locate here. So, uh, yeah, and I'm, you know, trying to audition myself for, you know, North Carolina theaters here and, and, you know, just slowly try to introduce myself. I know it's a, it's a tough, tough egg to crack when you're the new kid because a lot of people, you know, they have their core company members and they have, you know, the, the people they like to cast and and uh it's, it's definitely is, is a tricky situation but I'm, I'm hoping to uh gracefully hopefully uh get on one of their stages soon next up is actor alan campbell i interviewed him back in november when he was getting ready to play sir wilfred robarts in judson theater company's production of witness for the prosecution so after Witness for the Prosecution, do you have any uh, other upcoming projects you'd like to share with us? I know you just filmed a movie earlier this year. Yeah, that Uncle Frank, which is Alan Ball, who had won an Oscar for American Beauty, has written a, a beautiful independent film called Uncle Frank, starring Paul Bethany, and I'm not sure a release date. And I've been working, developing a piece called Rock and Roll Man about the life and musical legacy of Alan Free, who was a very early rock and roll pioneer, a DJ in Cleveland who actually coined the term rock and roll in the 50s and was the first person to play R&B on predominantly white radio stations and really kind of revolutionized the early days of rock and roll. And we've had a, a couple of uh, productions of it on its way, hopefully, to Broadway and certainly they're hoping to tour it. So, you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that is still in the offing because that was a really joyful thing to be a part of. My most recent interview took place earlier this month with actress Ariana DeBose. I even got to talk to her about both movie musicals she has coming out next year. As we're now only a few weeks away from the new year, you've got a couple exciting projects coming out in 2020. First, you'll be appearing as Anito in a brand new film adaptation of West Side Story, directed by Steven Spielberg, a man who needs no introduction. So how were you able to land that job? I don't know. <laughs> 
I auditioned for the film just like, you know, countless other people. I went in and read for the casting director a lot for what was probably smack dab in the middle of their process. I didn't hear anything. And then they brought me back in much later, probably in the fall of last year. And then it all moved very quickly. And suddenly I was in a room with Steven Spielberg talking to me about you know, playing the part and how I see the character and how we want our creative relationship to work. And it was all very lovely. It was a whirlwind. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> well, yeah, it's not every day. You're a Broadway performer who ends up getting a major role in a Steven Spielberg movie. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, so what was it like getting to make the movie? I mean, not only did you get to work with Mr. Spielberg, but also the 1961 film's Oscar-winning Anita Rita Moreno, who has a small supporting role in this new take and also serves as an executive producer. It's just a very special process, very challenging. I think, you know, I was definitely out of my comfort zone. Learning a new language is what I call it. You know, learning how movies get made. I had the privilege of making it with the best in the business and learning from the best in the business. And, you know, Ms. Moreno is absolutely stunning and gracious and lovely and incredibly supportive. And our time on set together was really fun. She loves to tell a story and I love to listen. She's a, a broad for the ages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was really special to watch her have a very, a very full circle moment like that. I think it's rare that we get to witness moments like that in people's lives. I felt very fortunate to be able to be there for that moment in hers. He's incredibly musically inclined, Stephen. He really is a man of many talents. But he, he loves musicals and he loves physicality. I'm very excited for everyone to, to see the film, to see how Stephen and his director of photography, Janusz Kaminski, who a lot of people would remember from Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan, but how they collaborated in order to shoot this film is really, really something special. So I'm, I think everyone's really in for a treat. And as for your current projects, you'll be appearing as Alyssa Green in Ryan Murphy's upcoming Netflix film adaptation of The Prom. And here you're getting to work with quite an all-star cast that features people like Meryl Streep, James Corden, Nicole Kidman, Andrew Reynolds, Kerry Washington, Keegan-Michael Key, and Aquafina. Mm-hmm. It's quite the lineup. I kind of pinch myself every day. Working on this is a pleasure. And, you know, I certainly never thought I'd actually be in a room with Meryl Streep or Nicole Kidman. It's been a, a real joy so far to watch them work and to watch specifically these women who are at the top of their game, you know, at the top of our industry, have their process. To see that there is effort and there is, you know, great consideration that goes into how they build characters and how they build physicality, how they, you know, work with their director, how they speak about their characters. It's a perfect learning opportunity for me, and I'm, I'm very, very grateful to be here. For those who live in the Triangle area, here are excerpts from my interview with North Carolina Theatre's producing artistic director, Eric Woodall, which took place back in April, about the productions audiences should expect in 2020. Then in the new year, Kingy Boots will be presented in the Raleigh Memorial Auditorium from February 11th through 16th. The Broadway production recently ended its six-year run earlier this month, and I believe this is going to be one of the first regional productions of the Tony-winning hit. You are correct, sir. Um, we, were, we were so thrilled to get the rights to Kinky Boots because it's a 
show that that so many people are going to want to produce around the country. And um, as you said, it just closed. There is a tour that is still out right now for a few more months. We're over the moon to be able to bring this to North Carolina theater and to share this with Raleigh audiences. You know, I like to say that our season is full of, of classics of all sorts, older and newer. You know, you look at West Side Story and The Sound of Music that have been around for quite a while and are such classics. But, you know, with Kinky Boots and Memphis that we'll be talking about in a moment, those are the new classics. Those are the shows that, you know, in 20, 30, 40 years you're going to look back and those are going to be the classics of our time right now, which is clearly the case with all, with all of the, the Tony Awards and numerous other awards that both of these shows won. And the following month, another recent Tony-winning hit, Memphis, will be presented in Raleigh Memorial Auditorium from March 24th through 29th. That is correct. You know, in Memphis, uh, this show take, taking place in the, in the 50s, um, looking at race relations between African-American community and Caucasian community, and during the birth of rock and roll. This is amazing music, and it will take people back to the time when th- that they remember when this music was born. And people who weren't born yet, you know, certainly are um, familiar with the flavor and the feel of rock music and what rock music has turned into, you know, and and how so much music today is born out of this incredible music that was started um, when rock music um, came came around. And so it is a joy-filled musical that, yes, does deal with a very real dilemma of race relations. It takes place in another time, but there again, it's also very timely with where we are today. Then in the A.J. Fletcher Opera Theater from May 1st through 10th, an earlier work from the songwriting team of Bench Pasek and Justin Paul titled Edges is going to be produced. Yes, this is really exciting for our, our company. Um, it's, it's a bit of a departure to do something that we don't expect anyone to have heard of. You know, there are a few people that have heard of this piece. The guys who wrote it are certainly well-known with having won the Tony Award for... Evan Hansen, and then having Oscars for La La Land, also being a part of The Greatest Showman, you know, and writing those songs. They are they are incredible guys who have been on this amazing path of success, and they wrote this musical, this song cycle. It's a grouping of songs that they wrote while they were in college about the experience of being on the edge of adulthood, of making choices. So we're hoping that this will be something that will really attract millennials and even folks that are younger than that, as well as people who are older, as we can all relate to relationships and breaking up and fear of moving forward and the celebration when we do. These songs really, really pull that out of us, and it's a small cast singing these amazing songs that were written by the Pasek and Paul, and we promise them a very intimate evening that will be entertaining and stirring. Then from July 28th through August 2nd, the season will conclude in Raleigh Memorial Auditorium with Rogers and Hammerstein's beloved classic, The Sound of Music. That's right. We, we love The Sound of Music um, here at North Carolina Theater, and 
you know, I think most people do, whether they want to admit it or not. <laughs> um, what we hope to bring across with Sound of Music is to, while we want to celebrate the musical for all of its goodness and incredible music and story, we want to possibly take out some of the sugar. There is a, a real story behind it of a family fleeing their, their lives as they know it um, for, for freedom and because of their beliefs. That's a theme that is really uh, very prevalent today, in today's society. Not that we want to be too too dark um, with the sound of music, but that we really hope to have a great balance. So that there again, it doesn't feel like the same old sound of music that, that has been done over and over and over. We hope to breathe new life into it while paying homage to the incredible musical that everyone has come to know and love. As for what to expect from me in the coming year, hopefully more installments of the Best Picture Backstory, as well as coverage of several major award shows. We've got the Golden Globes, SAG, and Oscars each taking place throughout the next five weeks. There will also be the Tony and Emmy Awards to cover later in the year, and hopefully more notable interviews with creative individuals. As we wrap up the year that was 2019, I should give one last thanks to all the kind people I was able to interview for the podcast. Joy Franz, Eric Woodall, Louis J. Stadlin, Karen Ziemba, Aaron Sullivan, Corey Lee Blossy, Eddie Morales, Alan Campbell, Ira David Wood III, and Ariana DeBose. I hope everyone listening to this has a very happy new year, and I look forward to bringing more content in 2020. If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash podcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at carereviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.